0: Okay, great to have you here, Billy.
1: Thanks for asking me, and glad to reconnect. Yeah, been a few. Yeah, months. yeah, oh, it's maybe been a year. F- I can't remember.
0: That's been it's been a year. I think just That's about a year. year exactly. Yeah. Um. So great to uh, great to have you back, man. I mean, the, your episode is definitely one of the most pop uh, popular. You know, like we've been throwing emails back and forth about um, you know, different things, and a lot of people have reached out to to mention how much they appreciate your episode.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been great to hear from so many people, you know, emailing and then I've scheduled some calls with several of your listeners who've heard that episode and others, many others that you've done. But just, you know, just trying to figure out a way to get past that, around that wall, I always say.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting over that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe we should start with um a question around stages, uh, different stages of get feeling better. And um I know that that one for me was um belief, all the doubt that runs with it. Like, is this is this real? The strong belief in of course uh Western medicine. That diagnosis, um, but there's there's other stages like um, auxiliary practices, say you know meditation, working out, dieting. You know we 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 both went through that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what is it? What is it that? I mean, there's the belief, but then I, I mean I know there's something there's something more to it than that, and maybe i'll throw you the biggest question i have here and it's kind of i feel like it's kind of going right to the heart of it and then i'll let you speak <laughs> um so it's been said that um as we as we're um when people speak about uh, approaching tms by coming at it from the periphery so by focusing on committing to you to your life to your life's purpose to who you are um, it's been said that without a strong purpose for our life um, that once we do start feeling better when that happens that it's possible to recede because our purpose isn't clear. And what happens is the pain is the purpose. And that's what we got used to for a very long time. And so who am I without suffering, without physical pain? Um, to me, that that's the major wall for me. Like, mm-hmm. that was it for me, getting over that. Was that it for you? I mean, from my from my perspective, I go. Oh, this is a guy who has a great had a, you know, the career was there, family. So was it that you started feeling better, and then you were good, or did you have to face these, uh, sort of purpose related, um, questions?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. I can, I mean, just as you're, as you're asking this question right now, it kind of brings back so many of the memories because you start into this approach and you mentioned that you said a word a minute ago, stages. And I, I think that resonates with a lot of folks who've, who've opened their eyes to this approach to healing. Is you start down this path and something's going to jerk you back off of it again, because your pain doesn't merely just go away, at least with most, most people. And so then you start examining and questioning and you ask a lot of questions like, why me? Why is this happening to me? What have I done wrong? Where's my life going? Why do I deserve this? Why are so many other people out there happy and enjoying their life? And so you, you almost fall into this victim mindset as I'm doomed. And I think that's when you allow your mind to continue to perpetuate the symptoms, the problems you don't allow this belief to enter for very long that you can actually heal and recover and get better. And so many people start identifying with their condition, their pain, their symptoms, whatever it might be, it just becomes their second nature almost. And the belief is something that's the hardest, the hardest thing to accept. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of curiosity belief. It's it has to completely envelop your entire mindset, your spirit, your soul, everything. Because there's not a shadow of a doubt. And this is the hardest thing in the recovery process, is is there's really two things in my opinion. Is number one, get curious about what's going on in my body what's going on with these symptoms with the pain with whatever it is you're experiencing whatever illness you've been told that you have or disease and you get curious about how it came about and don't just accept the statement from the medical community is you have rheumatoid arthritis bad luck you pulled this short straw and there's no cure other than these drugs for the rest of your life and I think that's what the first step is, people need to get curious about, is that is that really true? Do I need to accept that? Is that it, is that it for me? Is that all I have? Then you start understanding the physiology, you start and understanding the emotional component and you get curious even more. And then you start reading stories about people who healed from these conditions. And I'm talking about hundreds of different conditions, not just one. We're here to talk about AS, but I'm trying to make the statement that, this is universal. TMS is a universal thing. Everyone has it to some degree. And when you get curious enough and you start exploring it and you have to kind of leave, you have to turn your back on the medical, the traditional medical diagnosis or model or philosophy, whatever you want to call that, you gravitate more and more to this this concept. And you hear more and more stories about people healing. And then you start to understand this is where you need to be this is where you need to spend your time and then once you get comfortable and once you finally 100 percent believe and you stop all the other modalities you stop all the physical st- structural manipulation pills drugs anything that's physical dealing with the physical then you're 100 percent comfortable that you're okay and once you believe in tms you know that it's not harmful you know that you're okay you know that it's the answer you've been waiting for and that gives you the peace. And then you stop looking at it. You stop looking how to treat, how to cure, how to heal. And once you stop looking, you heal. <laughs> and it, it's hard for people to accept that. It's very hard because I know I've been there. I've, I've been in that situation where the pain was so overwhelming that you're always looking at the pain. You're always wondering how bad is it? Where is it? Is it coming back? Can I move? Can I do this? Can I lift this? what this doctor said, what I read on Facebook, what somebody else told me, what this test result showed. And you're continuing to bombard your mind with all these reasons not to believe TMS. And so I tell you, it's the hardest thing to turn your back on all those all those things. But once you do, you're on your path to healing. And it could take sometimes only hours or days for some people because they, they have that, strange ability to believe something so quickly and adopt it and no, no questions asked. Some people take a lot longer. The analytical mind takes a lot longer The people who question everything and try to do everything perfectly. And that's, that's how it was for me. I was looking for a recipe and answer a, a, a step-by-step manual of how to get better. And after getting better, I realized that was the wrong approach. And if I could have just went back to the old me and said, stop, thinking so much stop worrying about it and I, I always use the analogy if you cut your hand really severely and you sit and watched it every day watched it every hour rip the band-aid off every 20 minutes to see if it's healing to be honest it'll never heal because you're always thinking about it you're always you're always reiterating that there's a problem but your body knows how to heal remember if you just believe that it will we don't even need to tell ourselves to believe that that cut will heal, right? It'll heal. You don't have to be thinking about it all the time. So I, I try to reiterate that to other people that that resonated well with me is to just, just step back and know that you're okay and that you didn't do anything wrong. And it's not about your life. It may be about some trauma that you had as a child, but it doesn't mean that you deserve pain and that you have to live with pain for the rest of your life.
0: Where does, where does the real healing take place?
1: It's or with you. It's deep. It, it, it was a life changing experience. And I'll always tell people that I'm grateful to have gone through it. Although at the time, I would have never said that. I would have said I'm, you know, it, it, the worst experience you could ever ask for. I would tell people, you you don't want what I have. This is the worst disease anyone could ever consider. You know, poor me. I learned so much about the mind, the mind body, that it's all interconnected, that we've strayed so far away from how to treat, how to take care of ourselves, how to just nurture ourselves to take care of ourselves, Um, the the way you talk to yourself is critical. The, The amount of negative emotion that we sometimes dump on ourselves is, it's going to come out if you just continue to do that. So if you're always thinking of what's wrong in my life, what am I worrying about? What do I hate? I'm worried about what I just said or what I just did, or I'm worried about what's going to happen next week. I don't want to do this meeting or I don't want to go to this Christmas party. Or, you know, you're always thinking negative. You do that long enough. It's seriously, it's just like the teapot boiling over. You're, you, you will have some condition, some Ill, illness, some problem. And it's, it can be something maybe as common as a cold, as a, the flu. As something you know as serious as cancer if the elements are right the conditions are are bad enough in your mind so to heal and know that you are in control of all these things once you finally figure that out and once you understand that it's, it's how you think it's how you perceive the world around you it's your emotional makeup your health is you, you take on a completely different lifestyle and then you know and you understand that everything is is under your control and you start feeling negative or you start getting anxious or you start understanding that, oh, man, I can feel this. I notice this now. I'm upset about something. I'm breathing heavy. I'm, I'm tight. My shoulders are tense. I'm fo- focusing on too many problems. Let's stop and get away from that for a while. And you do that before something else comes up, right? And you start to understand the balance in your life. Are you balanced? Do you have more happiness than sadness, anger, or guilt, or shame, or whatever else the other negative emotions might be at the time? So when you heal and you understand TMS, your life is, you just understand things on a whole different level. That's my experience with it.
0: So would you say... I mean, it sounds like your purpose was to appreciate life.
1: Correct. Correct. Because before it was busy, busy, busy. I've got to drive. I've got to move forward. I've got to compete. I've got to win. I've myself. There's no sitting down. There's no rest. There's no relaxation. If I'm not working, I'm slipping behind. My career depends on it. My business depends on it. What are other people thinking about me? That's kind of that way I was raised, and reading a lot of books and hearing a lot of stories that I do now. You know, different awareness of of people and health. It is, it's, it's just a, like I said a different understanding. But you you start to understand where how people might have developed their conditions, all the way back from their youth, all the way back from traumas that they they picked up as a child, maybe they were shamed a lot. Maybe their parents always pushed them to do better. They weren't good enough. They weren't winning at everything. And that carries forward. That stuff is buried in your subconscious mind. But again, that's, that's adding to the pressure cooker of whatever you're carrying around, you're just, you've repressed it. Those emotions are there, but they're repressed and one therapist that I worked with when I was in my early to middle stages of recovery told me that I have a natural state of being anxious and tense and hyper aware, hyper alert. And the way she said it to me made so much sense because I didn't even I didn't even realize it. It became my natural state and, I didn't even know what it was like to be calm and, and relaxed. I didn't know how that felt. I thought I was. And she said, What are you worried about? Well, so I, nothing. I'm fine. Okay, well your shoulders are up here. Hmm. Have you breathed do you breathe regularly during the day? <laughs> well yeah, I breathe. I breathe every second, you know, I breathe a hundred times every second. But I wasn't understanding how a normal, balanced, healthy person should be doing those things and just calming myself so i started doing little things like i'd have my my watch set up to to alert me to do the breathe app and so any of our listeners with the i watch or other watches i guess probably have this too but there's an app called breathe and you can just set it to um, it'll like tap your wrist and it'll tap once for breathe in and then it'll tap twice for breathe out and it can be set to whatever length of time you want those breaths to take. So if you want, like, oh, I want a four to five second, I want a five second inhale. And then you're going to have, like, a three second, four second pause. And then you're going to have a six second exhale. And it'll do that for three minutes or five minutes, however many minutes you want it to, to last. You talk about resetting your your, what's called your relaxation response your body just completely melts and you just, you feel like a million dollars after that. And you start doing that a couple, two, three times a day, your neurological networks all begin to calm down. Your body starts to realize it's not on hyper alert anymore. You're no longer in this cortisol driven fight or flight mode. You don't need to be, your body's understanding, oh, I'm okay. So it was like the equivalent when I was a jockey, I would starve myself i had to starve myself for 10 years to make the weight in order to ride all these race horses so then when i quit and i started eating and it wasn't just like this gradual introduction to food it was like gorge on everything i'm going to eat everything i can get my hands on donuts pastas cakes sandwiches give me the you know because i was like getting even for the lost time of missing all this food what does your body do like holy god i mean hold on to all this food you know Keep it, keep it. We don't know when he's going to starve us again. So you balloon up and I gained about 25 pounds in about a month. I look <laughs> like the dough boy, but that's kind of how, you know, this, this all kind of makes sense to me is, is you understand how the pain stays in and how the body needs to retrain itself to relax because you've gone into this state of, here's what I'm used to is what I've done to myself for all these years. And your body kind of freaks out. For a while and it takes some time to retrain it. You've fired all these these networks and it, it creates these pain pathways in your body wherever that pain's going. it's it's on this well-traveled highway the pain circuits from your brain to wherever you know you, you sense this pain all the time and, and it moves around. it's not just like perfect but that's when you start knowing the pain isn't a physical problem. It's driven by my mind and my emotional state. You realize that when you can kind of control it after all these relaxation things, and then you start building up the confidence a little more and a little more, I call it the evidence sheet where you start to realize, Hey, I can control this. Just think about what I just did. I've been out of pain for an hour. It's not easy because who wants to sit on and try to meditate or breathe when their back is killing them. And all you can think about laying down or, you know getting out of this pain somehow, but these are the steps that everyone needs to take to build up your confidence level to understand that TMS is your is your condition mm-hmm. And then once you've bought into that belief, you're on your way because all you how you do at that point is just one hundred percent buy it. you don't question it anymore. You're not turning around looking for other answers all the time. even if, You have a setback because you have to stop and think, no, it's not a physical problem. I was just worried about and upset about that conversation I just had with my spouse or coworker, or I was sitting there and I didn't even realize it, but I was sitting there for the last 30 minutes stewing about something that happened uh, as I was driving to work or something I heard on the radio, or I was ticked off about whatever, the, the economy, my job. You know remember it's negative versus positive emotion and what we want to reiterate in our mind is what we're going to get out of it
0: uh out of dr sarno's personality types if you're comfortable sharing i don't know if we talked about this in the last episode which which uh, personality type do you think you you kind of perfectionist
1: <laughs> like perfectionist. Perfect, perfectionist
0: like classic yeah. perfectionist okay so yeah talk a little bit about how that was manifesting itself and what that has to do with um, pain and suffering for you.
1: Yeah. He talks about that in his book a lot. know, it just talks about the personality profiles, the ones that are susceptible to TMS. And like I said before, everyone to a certain extent is going to have some TMS symptoms here or there in their life. But the ones who have most often th- those symptoms flare up and, the most severe, I think, are those two personalities that he talks about, which is the the perfectionist and then the goodest. And I was a perfectionist, I still am to to a degree, but now I know how to how to harness it. And so, always from from a time I was a kid, I my mechanism for value or to be perceived as someone of value, someone that had any any worth, was to compete and be a winner. And I developed that from how my mom treated me. And I'm not here to talk negatively about my mom, but I'm just here to share my story of where that all came from. You know, as a young kid, I was just pretty happy-go-lucky. Everybody was my friend, I I I was just enjoying my life. But then my mom and dad grew apart and got divorced and my mom moved away. And from then I just remember, you know, playing sports, I was always expected to win, to compete, to be the certain. You had to play a certain position, had to be a starter on the team, had to be whatever to impress her in her eyes, and to I don't know, even have someone acknowledge you or her acknowledge you, because then she'd brag about you to the other family members. So that that became just part of who I was and what I had to be, and that carried with me the rest of my life and always competing and and feel like when I failed, I was worthless and what my other people think of me and shame and the shame would set in regularly if I didn't do something that I felt like I could have or should have or expectations are always on you. So you're carrying around this pressure and tense. And what if I'm not the best at this? What if I can't meet this goal? Um, I'm competing against someone else. I'm competing against myself. And so you you can see the negative mindset that the, the thing is just building and building and building. Now, when you're younger, you, you can occupy your mind on a lot of things. And so fortunately for me, I had, I had things that I could do that would give me joy and I did have a fair amount of success. And I think that was one reason I didn't develop a lot of symptoms till later in life. But when things started to get too intense for me and I had experienced some significant loss in my family, that's when things came out in a big way. And it was traumatic and and I didn't understand it. And my life unraveled from the standpoint of being very active, being very involved in all my kids' lives and sporting events and other things. I, I, I became like a shadow of myself i didn't like who i was i didn't understand why you know i would constantly pray to god why me what are you why did this have to happen to me i have so much more to live for but it took many years for me to figure out and finally understand where where i was going and I, to this day i believe it was all for the best of intentions i had to learn it and now i can share it with so many other people around me my own family my own children
0: um the perfectionism how did you learn to harness it to benefit yourself rather than um to your detriment
1: that's a good question i like doing things right i like i like trying my best you know i guess that's just how i'm made up but i've realized that i am okay. People still care about me. People still love me. If I'm not the best, if I don't win at everything, if I, if I'm just okay with the best I can be. And that took a lot of self introspection, if you will, It just to understand it, to soothe myself. And to, I'm just kind of talking to myself as a young boy and saying, you're okay. And it's, not everyone's going to be able to do this. And yeah, you can set goals. And I still believe in setting goals and achieving things and reaching for whatever heights you want to reach for. But it can't be such that the pressure gets to you and a negativity. And I'm not saying it's a bailout. I'm not saying that, you know, there's people who always say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then they never even make one effort to do it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, do your best, give it your all. Assume you're going to be able to do it, but don't beat yourself up if something doesn't work out You know, during that period of time or whatever it is you're shooting for.
0: Right, yeah. Sometimes we have to go about things in a different way than we could have imagined. Yeah. So that's definitely happening for me um, all the time. And uh, yeah, I have to, forgive myself, but keep on, keep on going, you know, right. You no, know, I'm doing my best. It's really a great attitude, uh, to adopt. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> are you afraid of pain coming back?
1: Yeah, that that's an awesome question. And I was curious about that when I was reading all the things about TMS and Sarno and, the other doctors that I read their work or even met with and said, Well, maybe I'll get better, but what if it comes back? Because I think we're conditioned to think that you hear these terms like remission. You know, you hear these terms like, Well, I had cancer and I'm in remission. And so what that tells you is you're temporarily okay. It doesn't tell you that you recovered, that you you conquered it, you're you're better you're permanently healed those are the terms i like to use now because once you get across that river once you realize that you control all of it and the whole the whole reason that you were experiencing it in the first place was your own doing then you understand that you you don't ever have to go back to that ever there's not like question of maybe i'm going to have pain again or maybe i'm going to suffer during the healing stages early on, when you haven't fully adopted this belief system, that question enters your mind a lot. But now, even if you have some tinkling of a of something that bothers you, a pain here, you know, your back hurts a little bit, you understand why. And you don't immediately gravitate to the physical brokenness that we all do. And, you know, think I've got to call a doctor or a chiropractor or a physical therapist. You know, that that's just not what you need. So, you know, great examples are I, I do CrossFit a lot. I, I work out strenuously three or four days a week. And during the pandemic, I think all of us were frustrated. Emotionally, there was a lot to take on. There was, there was negative emotion going everywhere because of restrictions, lack of Ability to do things you wanted to do, you know, fear, all the things that were going on. There was just the stories, the news, the, the things that were just nonstop negativity. And going to CrossFit, I started to develop pain in my knee. And, and whenever I have pain these days, ever since healing from from my condition with my back and TMS, I Immediately think emotional, but for about two weeks, I would just kind of mm, it. It only hurt me when I go to work out, like back squats or front squats or something that you know heavy heavy weight burden on my knee. It was always a left knee, and so I kept fighting it. But I was uh, at all the time, you know, listening to the news every day, morning and afternoon, hearing all the negative reports, hearing all the stuff that I didn't necessarily agree w- agree with. And it was making me upset, and my wife, who is a mind-body coach, as you know, she pulled me aside because I started complaining to her a couple times about it. And said, "I'm starting to get mad about my knee. I don't know what the heck's wrong with me. I can't come up with an answer." And she said, "Let me tell you what it is." (laughs) Of course, knowing her, and she said, "You're not being receptive to events." And I said, "How does that?" how did you come up with that? And she said, which right here, my emotions app. So she's got an app for all these different emotions or symptoms that come out and the emotion associated with it. And left knee says so right there, left knee, being unwilling to be receptive to to events in your life. So that means I, and I totally understood what was going on then. And guess what? Next day, the pain was gone. And it had been with me lingering there for two weeks. And next day, nothing. Hundred percent back squats, n- no pain. So I'm just trying to say this: that even once you've recovered, doesn't mean oh, there's never going to be a headache again. Mm. But you don't you don't fear them. You're not afraid of all this stuff, and you're not thinking you have a disease. You're not thinking you've got to run to a doctor for some kind of an answer. The pain never comes back like it was because when you're in when you're as, you are deathly deathly afraid of the pain typically it's it's something that you try to learn to live with but you never stop thinking about it let's just say that you're always having to deal with pain in one way or another whether it's how you're sitting what you you're afraid to do physically the medications that you're taking or giving yourself sleeping at night um your mood how how of a flare-up the next pain wave is going to be, it's always there and that's what perpetuates it. That's why it stays living within you is because you're always thinking about it.
0: Um, did you see, did you steadily see a psychologist?
1: I saw a psychologist for, hmm, I'm going to say three months.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. We think we talked about this in our last conversation.
1: Yeah, about three months, and just to help me retrain the way I was thinking.
0: Yeah. Did they I, do cognitive behavioral therapy or anything specific? Any specific modality or?
1: So for the most part, we talked about that, but we also talked about just just teaching me how to respond to things. You know, teaching me how to relax my body more. Talk a lot about meditation and calming approaches, hmm. I, you know. And back then, you know, Michael, I was just the same type A. I would write every word down, and they'd say something. I say, say that again. <laughs> write it down. I, I gotta write that down. So, and they're just kind of. Now I I see it, but I yeah. didn't then, because I wanted every word to be understood and then follow that procedure. Hmm. And they're kind of you know shaking their head no. You don't, it's not a recipe. This is not a step-by-step how to get better, which is what we've been trained. Mm. And it. this is a, this is just an understanding. I'm giving you knowledge and you need to take that knowledge and apply it. And, and what you're doing is you're calming yourself and you're getting to this point psychologically that, you know, you're okay. And really that's the bottom line that's the key what's the trick once you get to that point you know you're okay there's no more pain there's no more problem but it's getting to that belief another thing that i had was weird but i mean these things are I, i have so many stories to share with with tms you know i shared with last time about acid reflux i had that disease gastro or GERD is the acronym but 20 years i had that and Take medication, high-potency medication for 20 years. And then I'm I'm free of it. It's gone. All the doctors would tell me, precancerous, you'll be on this forever. You Your body is messed up. It's screwed up. There's no cure. That's what they say. Go, go Google or search anything on GERD. And it's always the same. This is your problem. It's a physical issue. There's no cure. And I'm thinking now, this is ridiculous what what our medical industry has had done to us the old doctors of doctors of old i say I'm, I'm talking about maybe middle 1900s who weren't slaves to the pharmaceutical industry treated the whole body understood they come to the homes it asked people what was going on in their lives. They treat they treated the whole body. They it was a mind and the body. Now we've separated the two. So now you're dealing with just doctors. And what do they want to do? Only the body. They don't care at all what's going on in your mind. And then you so you have to have psychologists to deal with the mind. And they only care about what's going on up here. Hmm. And both of them treat you by what? Medication, typically. Medication. And that's what we've come to. There's no, very few doctors who apply the knowledge that both, it's a, it's a system. Mind and body are working in harmony together or disharmony if you have too much of these negative emotions coursing through your body and creating these negative chemicals. And I mean, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of science behind it, but the science gets buried. So it gets buried because there's there's no money in treating <laughs> mind and body. The, mon- no. the money is in the pharmaceuticals but i was saying i had this weird kind of like a growth on my finger it was so strange It was, it's like it's like a wart but it was a really big ugly protrusion on my finger and try as i may i couldn't make that go away i'd put whatever it was on it heather had some oils i was putting oils on i was putting compound w i was putting all sorts of things to try to get this to go away it was, it was very unsightly right on my first Index finger. And it just seemed like it was growing. And so no matter what I did, it wouldn't go away. And then I just thought, you know what? Maybe I'm going to apply this whole TMS approach to this and just believe that it's going to go away and believe that it's fine and quit worrying about it, quit thinking about it, and quit messing with it. So I sat down and just meditated on it one day for 30 minutes meditated and I envisioned, envisioned it going away. I could see it going away. I could see my, my finger looking identical to the other one with just no, no growth on it, no protrusion. And when you know it within three days, that thing was gone. I mean, it's unbelievable just what the mind can do if you allow it and believe it because I believe that. And I just, I meditated on a very, very, very quiet mind No disturbances. And once I believed that and accepted that, I didn't think about it anymore. And it was gone. It wasn't, there was no more. I didn't put anything else on that. I didn't treat it with anything. So the mind is hugely underappreciated, unknown capabilities. And that's why they, I always go back to the placebos and a lot of people who get well. By thinking they're they're getting well from medications, when in fact they got well because they believed they were going to get well.
0: Yeah, that's certainly. I, I mean, uh, what's his doctor um, Joe Dispenza's book? You are the placebo is a, is a great, great, uh, uh, great book on that. Yeah, I'll tell people. you what he had.
1: He has some unbelievable. Uh, events if you ever get a chance attend one of his events Mm life-changing experience and then i went to an event in colorado earlier in the spring and there were thousands of people in the audience healing from all sorts of conditions you can't even imagine the type there were i bet you there were over a thousand people in attendance who were wheelchair bound unable to walk there's so many cool stories of people that have healed attending his events and he has a great website and all these um uh healing stories people share their stories and videos and uh just reiterates the power of the mind Mm -hmm. and understanding and realizing that all these diseases these labels that they give us and 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 um such so when people have a condition doctors can't explain they explain it by giving it a name, a label, a disease. And then once that's provided to you as, as your explanation, it is 10 times more difficult for you to leave that and and to accept the fact that they're wrong. (laughs) That's what it was for me. And and I'm sure a lot of other AS uh, patients, if you will, or those who have been told that, dealing with that diagnosis rather than just say to themselves well that's one story i can believe that story or i can believe the other story which is the path to true 100% healing and i'm going to pull the problem out by the root and we've we've talked you and i before about how so many people are unwilling to consider that they can heal
0: yeah yeah and i think I think that's probably that's um, uh, Ralph Ruiz described it really well, um, saying that that's like the kind of the first stage that a lot of folks just don't don't move past. And, you know, totally fine if they don't want to, but that seems to be like number one is that maybe I chose this, and maybe I'm causing this. Not like I'm doing something bad or wrong, but maybe it's something that if I were to learn a little bit more about myself, of a little bit more self-reflection. Mm-hmm and start questioning, like le- I like jumping in at the um, personality types to me. Right there to me is it's kind of the crux. Like this personality type is, is disabling me from enjoying my life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: preventing me from living a fuller life, uh, enjoying, having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be... Uh, Can be a, a real obstacle.
1: Yeah, and I read about a lot of that too. And it, it made me nervous because I, I at one point thought to heal, I'm going to need to change my identity, change who right. I am completely. But I realized that wasn't true. I needed to just be more accepting of the reality of what was going on in my life and not always resist everything. Resist, resist. Don't like this. Don't like that. Worry about that. And once you accept things as they are, part of life, you don't necessarily need to be somebody different. You just need to have the knowledge of how you're how you're reacting to it and observe it. And then you can realize that the pain is 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 not gonna be there. You're not gonna have problems like you've had before.
0: Yeah, it's kind of my dream, and I think it, it's yours too that that this message reaches enough people that eventually it has that effect where I think folks realize that it's not that big of a deal. Like to change, to mm-hmm. to be willing to look at ourselves just a little bit differently. Doesn't mean I have to be a different person. Mm-hmm. I am the same person I've always been.
2: Yep. And
0: it's just I am a lot more okay yeah. with who I am. Like um like you were talking about describing harnessing the power of perfectionism mm-hmm. rather than being having a cloak being cloaked and being sort of swept away
2: mm-hmm. by
0: its power because it's momentum i mean like you were saying you were gifted um i was gifted with you know my my personality type which probably per- perfectionist and and do get do gooder. Uh, people pleaser and uh, my god man i was just like banging my head against the wall for so long
2: yeah like
0: what is going on like why am i so i didn't even know i was pissed off i didn't (laughs) even realize how angry i was i would just be like for days days and days and days just swept away by some of your
1: natural state became your natural state right
0: and i'd be like well it's just who i am this just happens it's just getting a funk i get in a fog i get in a you know and so having the awareness like okay this pain is here because there's something that i haven't been willing to look at
2: mm-hmm. to shift right, right.
0: so would you say it's it's easy but it's also hard
1: yeah it is because so many people are unwilling to look you know at who they are or open up that secret door to their soul of what they've buried what have you buried and this isn't something that should be thought of as uh, a very difficult you know overly difficult like can't do it thing it's just are you willing to do you want to get better okay open up that that door to that closet and let's see who comes out and be willing to address it and you may not have the exact answer that you want you may not be able to find it uh, easily but you, you got to be willing to to open up and share and talk about it all right to to get it out there all right whatever it is the shame the guilt the anger, what you resent. Um, The goodest, you know, secretly, you know, Sharno talks about this, secretly resent how to take care of everybody. You know, they're sick of it. They want to be taking care of themselves and always people-pleasing and, you know, kind of taking the back seat to everybody else. And and, uh, the perfectionist is always annoyed with, you know, other people or themselves, and they're never good enough. And they're always wondering if they're accepted in the crowd or what they need to be doing to improve. So there's never this comfort level. And I, I say that, um, when you're dealing with this state of mind that you've done, you've dealt with for years and years, sometimes our whole lives and you have lived with it so long that you don't realize that it's even there, but it is kind of like the equivalent of a, of a car engine or or that's, It's, you know, revved up for so long that you really don't notice it. So imagine a car that was just revving and you've got the gas pedal pushed down and you keep it pushed down for days on end and just hear this engine. Well, after a few days, imagine a few years, you wouldn't even know that there was anything different. You wouldn't realize that that thing could go down to idle and just idle along. But when you finally realize that you're like, oh, my gosh, what have I been missing? That is so nice. That is peaceful. That is something I wish I would have understood a long time ago. That I've had them my foot on the gas, and I wasn't—I wasn't just letting things go easy. It's kind of like finding a way to live easier, and reading all these books, and you pick up little things, pick up little things here and there of what you can do, and change your awareness, change your approach to life. Remember, it's not changing who you are; it's just changing how you're approaching it you know so whistle to yourself hum a tune sing a song do something that you enjoy whatever whatever it is that makes you happy do it do it more often because life's too short and I started to tell myself Billy that you can do this but is, is it worth your help do you really need to do that do you really need to be worrying about that right now because I catch myself worrying about something this is post recovery post healing' don't really need to be worrying about that because finally I was able to recognize it. No, I don't. I'd rather have my help, And so I'd let it go. And as soon as you can let it go, you, you've realized you've mastered it or you're approaching it. It's just practicing every day. And that's what I. The, the term that I've mentioned before is that you hear so many people who've gotten over that wall, found the other side. And then they say, you've just got to let go. And I heard that so many times it pissed me mm-hmm. off because I didn't know what they were talking about. What are you talking about? Let go of what? but it's just being easy with life and not getting wrapped up in all the things that you think are so important. So critical. They're not, you have to always compare them. Is that worth my help? Yeah. You find out that it isn't.
0: That's such a good point. It's such a good, like a uh, razor's edge.
1: Um, yeah. It's a hamster wheel, you know, just trying to get, get through sometimes the the pain because it it stays there you perpetuate it yourself you people that are starting in this approach and listening that means that they're they're interested they're trying to get better they want a different answer they want a different approach so god bless you all out there you just got have to remember that you need to stay here and when you have a little flare up of pain don't dump all this in the garbage and run back to the rheumatologist or the therapist or the physical therapist you know even sarno said it's fine to get a massage but you don't go get a massage for the physical nature of it get a massage for the emotional psychological nature of it to relax yeah right it's all about finding ways to relax it's not about manipulating your body because your body's broke Mm Hmm.
0: How does that? How does that relate to um, like exercise, stretching, eating, eating well, things like that, like uh, things that support your state of being. I know for me, it's like for a long time I was doing yoga and lifting weights to prevent. Well, mainly it was doing yoga for years on end to prevent pain. It was all about pain. If I don't mm-hmm. go do, you know, I'd be on a vacation and I'd be like, you know, with my girlfriend <laughs> or family, I'd be like, sorry guys, I gotta, I gotta run off and do a, uh, go do a a yoga. yoga. And everyone's like, Whoa, we were gonna like have this great day plan. I'm like, sorry, I gotta, I gotta cut out. And I, go, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, part of that for me was like learning to take care of myself and like, you know, so mm-hmm. that that's all good. But what I realized is that, God, I was so terrified that if I don't go do that yoga class that, you know, I was going to get this massive flare up, going to be in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank goodness for, you know, I've always loved being physical, being physically active, and I just enjoy it. I mean, now it's, I work out, I like I lift weights, I do gymnastics, I do that stuff. I love moving my body. Mm-hmm. Um, do you work out? Do you, uh, I, I mean, you know, you do co- CrossFit, but do you do it to, get out of pain?
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. It has nothing to do with that. Zero. I do it because I like it. I I enjoy the physical nature. I enjoy um, feeling stronger. And, you know, the endorphins that are released when you're doing that kind of thing. I've been active my whole life, you know, from riding racehorses to, you know, I became a ultra marathoner. And then I decided, all right, I'm kind of bored with that. Now I'm going to, I like CrossFit and it's just a different workout. But the camaraderie in the gym all the people that i've met so many good friends and it's just something that now i i really enjoy i really look forward to and so it has nothing to do with pain my life is is at peace i am at peace with everything and i don't need anything to get out of pain other than a positive outlook on life and as as far as that goes you can Circle back to this whole thing is is emotionally based, and so what? How do you get a positive attitude in life? Well, I think being physically fit helps. I think that makes you feel better about yourself. Eating right helps, but it isn't the part of the recipe to get better. I I, I went through all those steps myself. I went through changing my diet, eliminating alcohol, eliminating coffee, eliminating fat, eliminating carbs um i tried every diet in the universe and i was telling one of these guys that i that i talked to on a call another as uh, colleague that i said you know excuse my french but i would be i would have taken a bucket of cow shit and dumped it on my head if i had to If the doctor told me i would have going do. to help <laughs> i would have do, anything Billy. me too brother <laughs> i would have been there anything they said i would have done or tried you know if they said hey somebody gotten got better by doing this and again if i would have gotten better from that it would have been a placebo effect let's let's be honest because right, <laughs> it would have had right. nothing to do with me actually getting better so the point i'm making is there's so many different um uh answers that people try to sell or or tools or modalities that they try to sell so we've all been there i think we're all guilty of buying gimmicks or creams or gels or chairs or you know, braces, um whatever they might be. I I just put them all into the same category. They might make you feel a little bit better temporarily, but most of that is due to the placebo effect because you think you're gonna feel better. The way you get permanent healing is to understand what what it is that's causing that, what it is that caused it, and to change your emotional state but you do that by believing and then letting it go and stop worrying about it remember the band-aid remember the cut remember the broken leg your 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 body will heal from everything if you just give it the capacity to and believe it and that's the really it's, it's hard for people to get into that mindset it was for me i started out reading sarna's book and then i'd throw it away for a while because for me i had as i had the blood uh, test that showed I had the images, I had this, my pain was different. I couldn't find an exact replica of me in somebody that had healed at exactly my conditions. And that's what I was looking for. And I was looking in all the wrong places. I didn't need that. I just needed to believe that, Hey, everyone has a different set of conditions. Their pain starts here. It goes here. It moves around. They've had different life. They have different experiences. But all come back to the same thing. You're going to heal once you let yourself heal. Once you adopt and believe and stop questioning. And how you know there's so many ways to to help people move in that direction. From realize where the money's coming from. Realize where the conflict of interest is. Read stories of everyone else who's healed. There are literally tens of thousands of them out there. You know, if, if, if that's what's going to help you and it helped me, I'll be honest, it helped me to hear stories of success, hear stories of healing. But you know what I did, Michael, I, I would read a story, I would hear a story. And I would be glad for them, but then I would say, yeah, but their pain was this. Their situation was this. Mine is this. So therefore I can't heal. <clears throat> and thank God that I'm through it. Thank God that I finally accepted it. it. Took me longer than it should have, but I did. I made it. There's no more pain. I'm calm. My life then was, oh, it was so hard, so hard. You can, I'm sure you can relate. I don't want to go back there, but I'm glad I experienced it, just so I can help others, because there are there are millions of other people out there who need help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it's such a fine point. Like uh, I think it's so important that we have this conversation. We have this conversation with as many people as we can and get it out there. Um, and maybe that that will help with belief. Maybe that will help with doubt. Maybe that will help with understanding what it is, like the exact, um, the edge in which where to focus there's so much energy we can pour into so many so many distractions out there Mm -hmm. and you know like i i'm a huge fan of meditation that's a personal thing i love it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i know it's been a great ally however if i spent 10 years in a cave just meditating it it probably maybe it would have done it but then i would have gone out to see my family And gotten into a relationship and guess what all that meditating for 10 years in a cave it wouldn't have gotten me there so Mm -hmm. i mean meditation is true ally i love it however it is it's it is auxiliary i I recognize that
1: i think it's really important to just help you recognize your body recognize your feelings recognize your emotions Mm -hmm. it's uh it's helped me a ton i've done it a lot and I, the first time in my life, ever since I started, it, I've been able to understand what I'm experiencing. Yeah, I, is my is my heart rate racing? am I upset about something, and because then you can see it just like that. Before in my life and before meditation, somebody would say, "What's bothering you?" I would not be able to answer the question. I have no idea because it's buried, and I'm worried about something, but <laughs> I don't even understand what it is. That's how quickly my mind was jumping from one thing to another. But that was the, again, you're you're suppressing your thoughts and you're repressing your emotions and you're staying in this negative energy all the time. And uh, it's so refreshing to be out of it. And I just encourage everybody to to realize and to accept and just find it. And when you find it, you just get this. Poof. And it's not it's not a oh i'm out of pain i'm 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 done it's like you'll be going for a few days or a week or and then all of a sudden it'll hit you you're going what in the heck is going on i i haven't where's the pain and you realize that you haven't been thinking about it because it's not there like it was and so again i go back to the the capability of your body to heal when you're when you stop watching it but how do you stop watching it And that's where you have to get excited about things in life and and doing things that make you happy, laughing, watching comedies, give you a whole host of things that that are proven or help helpful. And everyone's different. Everyone's got to find that. Yeah. And And then dig out what it is that you've been burying or you've buried for so long and then let it go. Let it let it be okay
0: yeah that i mean that sounds like an amazing two-prong approach right there go after what it is that makes us happy what brings us joy what we love doing and then understand uh you know personality emotional issue or uh, traits that Mm -hmm. are perhaps slowing us down getting in our way providing excuses yeah. Um, do you have time for one more question? You bet. Um, like the whole the whole Stockholm syndrome sort of thing is something that I'm curious about. Uh, someone gets better. They get better. They get better. Totally better for a little while. I got it. You know, I figured it out. I, I'm better. And then there's a lull. A lull of what now? Like what do I do with my life? I have, I was so identified with this pain, suffering. I mean, for me, I'll just (laughs) speak about myself. It really gave me purpose, Billy, for an extremely long time. And not only that, it gave me an excuse not to do anything, not to do much with, it gave me an excuse to fail. and to uh be okay with victimizing myself Mm. um and (laughs) once took a while long time once i kind of got to the point where i was like uh oh this mental emotional uh personality oh there's things i really need to face and one of them was to improve my life (laughs) i like to take charge of Mm -hmm. my life
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um and i no longer had pain and i no longer had suffering as an excuse and my mind often went back to you know i'd see people you know doing well or whatever and i'd be like yeah but they don't know they don't know what it's like they have no idea. What it's like to be in so much pain every day They wake up and they're gifted with so much energy with no pain. Mm -hmm. They can just go about their life Um, This mindset I I was I was stuck there for an extremely long time and um, Did did you experience a bit of a Stockholm syndrome thing a bit of a like you felt lost at all once things started improving physically, uh, mentally and emotionally, did you have a bit of a a reset? Like, whoa, wait, wait, what do I wanna do with my life? And and what do I, how do I go about, was there,
1: you know, what what is any of that? So for me, I didn't have that experience per se that you did. I guess mine came at a point later in my life where I kind of already had an established career and I had all these expectations of me. I had these responsibilities. I had kids, new marriage, all, all these things that I kind of wanted to measure up to. And this this bar of who I wanted to be and, and the person I, I wanted to be project, I wasn't able to hit. So when I got through it, it, to me, it was a restoring of my identity, who I really knew I should be or could be. So it wasn't too much that I um, had to now uh, figure out who I wanted to be. I already knew, and I had these expectations of where I wanted to be. But I think everyone's different. I think your story is probably resonates with a lot of people, you know. And and I I know of other people who have that same kind of condition, and that they have identified that way. For me, it just ticked me off because I. I didn't want to be that. You know, I remember going to, a. I went everywhere. Every day of my life was consumed with figuring out how to get better. But I remember one day going to a pain clinic. I didn't know what a pain clinic was, but I saw this, I was driving by one day and I see this pain clinic. I'm like, these guys probably know how to help me. So I call up and this guy's an appointment. Well, little do I know, all they're going to do is give drugs out, you know? (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know, hey, maybe I can go in there and get something. So I go in and i meet with this lady and she's just i sit down and I, just, I gotta tell her my whole story you know i'm perfectionist i've got a binder full of everything in my life here's what's going on in my life boom 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 i've had mri i've had this i've had that i've gone to this doctor this 14 times um this didn't work that didn't work i've changed my diet you know i'm just rattling off her and she's just sitting there nodding and, and and listening to me <laughs> probably think i'm a freaking psycho uh, and at the end of it, she said, "That's a very interesting story. I I would really like to get to know you more. Um, what pharmacy do you use?" <laughs> so she's ready to write me a prescription, and that's that's it. That's all she wants to know. I mean, get me out of there, move on. And so I'm just saying, everyone has a different experience with how they handle this and how they get through it. But but for me, I was just I just I don't want drugs. I don't want I just want to get better. Tell me the steps to get better. I don't want to be out of my mind. I want to get back to who I was and I want to move on with my life. But I was able to do it in such a way that, you know, I, I, I don't look back and I'm not the same person, you know, and it sounds weird because I just told you, you don't need to change who you are, but you change who you are automatically just from the experience that you had with it. Now I think, and every time I drive by and I see these pain clinics and I see these ads for back pain, or I see this and that, and all these people who are suffering from it. And all I can think of now is, boy, I wish I could help these people. Boy, I wish I could figure out what to say to these people who are going in there who are so lost, so desperately lost, and getting fed the wrong information, and they are going so far off course on. On that with their life and many many people honestly will end up so far of course that they'll die from these things they won't ever get better they will continue to suffer and suffer and suffer needlessly so kind of going back to where you go from it how do you deal with it can you move on with your life in a better way absolutely and and i think that it's just for you it's probably different than me and, and There's a lot of different stories out there, but it's, it's all about what you want your life to look like and you no longer need to identify that way, which is the hardest thing because so many people who have AS are unwilling to lose their grip on that. Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's probably, you know, in all cases, you could say fibromyalgia, you could say, um, I mean, there's so many other conditions that they throw out at us, right. That you have. Mm-hmm. You have this condition, you have irritable bowel, you'll never get better. You have GERD, you'll never get better. You have spinal disease, degenerative disc disease. Um, I don't know any host of them neuropathy. Um, I, I can just go on and on and on. There's thousands of them, but how do you get better and how do you move forward? And can you move forward or is it just a crutch? I think it's all, it's all within you. It's all within your power. What you want to end up, your life to end up looking like.
0: And we don't have to ditch ourselves. We don't have to be a different person.
1: No, not at all. No. I hate the words, no cure or incurable. I hate it. Yeah. I see that out there all the time. Yeah. Everything, Everything's curable in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that was, that was the one thing that pissed me off more than anything else. I have a letter from my report from my rheumatologist when I was 18 years old. And mm. she says, Michael is a very angry, angry boy. Very angry, very lost and confused. And the truth was I was angry. I was very angry to hear that, uh, that all she had to offer was that it's incurable. It's going to get worse as I get older and I can count on prescription medicine for the rest of my life.
2: Mm.
0: You know, I just immediately I was like, she doesn't know what
1: she's talking about. And that right there is something that probably should be mentioned again or reiterated is if you're unwilling to push back on that narrative, you might never be able to get better. Yeah, since you pushed back, since you you had some doubt on what you were told, it gave you that motivation or that spark to think something Might be the answer, right? And
0: just reading this book right now. um, When anger scares you, did you read that one, Billy?
1: No, haven't. Yeah. Oh, you'll love
0: it. Oh, you'll love it, man. You'll love. Right up your alley. Um, But any, it's kind of for the the goodest. A little bit tilted for the goodest, uh, but it's totally applicable to. uh, But the thing about it is that our anger is there to. Is a, provide a message and that our body is telling us something and it's usually mm-hmm. our intellect that goes starts messing around with it
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's learning to wield or uh, harness the power of anger and to follow that intuition so mm. it's when we repress it for years that it comes out as rage or uh, starts manifesting itself as an autoimmune condition or chronic pain or whatever it is so yeah Yeah. that that anger was a was a clear indication to me it it was it was an ally and i guess what i've learned is that to listen because fuck i was sorry for my language there but i was i mean i'm not trying to be right here but the ang the the anger the message the intuition was was spot on
1: yeah well sometimes that's what you have to rely on it's just kind of that internal intuition that you in, in, inside of you and fall back on that. And whether that's through prayer or deep meditation or something, I I think all of us go through those dark times when we're wondering and looking for the answer and searching and searching and searching and going to countless specialists and professionals and spinning our wheels and going around and around and around in circles and, and never really getting any better. And how many of them actually talk to you about your emotional situation? How many? It's sad. Yeah. Cause not yeah. one, not one asked me about it. Not one asked me what was going on in my life. It was all about what are your symptoms? Let me check your body. Let me give you medications. Let me schedule for surgery. Let me schedule for whatever else that you need. And then also here's some products that you need to buy. And by the way, don't do anything physical. You you, wreck yourself permanently. Permanent damage.
0: You'll hurt yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just what what would have happened if, say, you know, the person on the other end would have said, Hey Michael, you seem angry. What are you angry about? Mm. What's going on with you?
1: Can you imagine the kind of doctor that would take? And the probably the ridicule that that doctor would receive from his colleagues his or her colleagues think about Sarno if any anybody's listening has ever studied Sarno and what that man had to go through yeah the shaming the ridicule the teasing the you know the the isolation from the other doctors who continued down the path of drugs prescription um deal with the body yet he healed Millions upon millions of people just with an understanding and a teaching. And uh, that takes some guts and courage. And thank God that he did, because so many of us probably owe our lives to the man, you know, of what, what he stood up for and what he was able to um, write about and talk about and actually help people heal permanently. Just by looking at things differently. But it goes back to all these old, older, uh, former doctors who who practiced it the same way and understood it. And I've talked about some of those books and the power of positive thinking, one of the greatest and, and so many examples of people who have suffered needlessly, but it was it all goes back to the emotional state and the tension, the worry about your job or your career, or your life, <laughs> and and almost without question physical symptoms pop up when when someone's dealing with all those negative things for too long.
2: Yeah.
0: Um how do you feel about calling her calling her a day there? Do you have anything else you'd like to say, Billy?
1: I think that's pretty good. I just I guess I'll just say this. For the folks that that I've talked to on the phone, the ones who emailed me, the common denominator for them is always, how do I get to the point of healing? How do I believe this? And so that's what I've been trying to share today is how do you find the belief? It's like you don't know until you get there. But that's the hardest thing for all, all of us and everyone who hasn't healed. The ones who haven't healed is, is to accept the fact that you will. But to s- accept the fact, remember, you have to get your mind on something else. Because if, by definition, if you accept that you're going to heal, you're no longer worried about it. Right? And if you're no longer worried about it, you can get on with living your life. So, again, it's the, it's the back pain. It's the AS is a cut on your finger. Bottom line, it is benign. There is nothing wrong with you. You are okay. Whatever you've been told, you have to let go of that. Whatever you've been told on Facebook and all these people who are having uh, degenerative conditions and whatever, immobile, wheelchair bound. I don't care what it is. All the things that I was told on Facebook, once I got onto that group started happening to me because I started to believe it and boom started happening to me. You believe that, you accept that as your truth, that's what's going to happen to you. You counter that, you resist that, you move forward, you say, it's not happening to me. I have actually found the way through. This is your truth. This is your answer. And you have to accept that down deep. You can't keep going back and forth. And that's the hardest thing because you, you your mind is playing tricks on you. It keeps wanting you to think about the what if, the maybe, the... Well, I don't know if this is for sure true. And that's why you have to pound into your head. Don't stop reading the books. Don't start listening to these things. It's got to be a, a routine that you stay with and reiterate the truth in this. And the rest of your time, you spend dealing with happy stuff. And before you know it, you're on your way. And all I tell people right now, and I ask people, spread it. Spread it around. Spread that truth forward. Because it's going to take an army of us to to write this ship, to create the healing power, to tell people that this is all healable. You, Every one of you are curable. Just need to believe it. And we're on our way. So don't be afraid to shout it, even though people laugh and deny and tell you you're crazy. We've all heard it. And that's what I'll end it with.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Billy. Thanks for being Thank here you. again.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having it. I appreciate you doing this. I know it takes a lot of energy, and and guts on your part. So you're doing a good thing, Michael. Thank, Thank you, Billy. There.
0: Yeah, man. We'll we'll do this again. Sounds good. Okay. You have a good afternoon. Take care. Absolutely.
2: Bye bye. All right. We'll see you. Bye.